Well, as if 2020 couldn't be more difficult or heartbreaking, uh, we canceled our family Thanksgiving plans for this year. For us, it was a simple decision. We all want to make sure everybody stays safe, and we all came to an agreement. But I think about some of my friends who have relatives spread across the country, and for them, Thanksgiving is the one chance to get to see everyone all year. For us, we're adapting. It's not that big of a deal. We're going to have a smaller meal. We'll still have some good Thanksgiving food. And maybe Thursday afternoon, we'll get on a Zoom call with everybody and we can all take a nap together. You and I, uh, we've been through a lot this year. And as we're not just approaching the end of the year, we're approaching the end of Luke's gospel. We've been there since before all of this started, before the pandemic but it's not just that we've been with Jesus. We have been with his disciples through the gospel as well. We were there with Peter with the miraculous catch of fish when he came and dropped to his knees and said to Jesus, depart from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. We were there with Matthew, Levi, as he left his tax collecting booth and went to follow Jesus and then threw a party for him at his house. We were with them again and again as Jesus chose them over those who were self-righteous, those who complained, this man welcomes sinners and he eats with them. And so today we find ourselves in Luke chapter 22. Jesus is in Jerusalem. It's Thursday evening, Thursday, like Thanksgiving. And as we encounter Jesus in the text, he is around a table celebrating the Passover with his friends. And it's here that Jesus enacts a remembrance that continues to this day, one that we still participate in. We call it the Last Supper here. It's the Lord's Supper. It's communion. It's also called the Eucharist, which is a word that means thanksgiving. And we find it in Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 14. And when the hour came, he reclined at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table. For the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to question one another, which of them it could be who was going to do this. Jesus raised the cup, gave thanks he takes the bread, he gives thanks, and he tells them, I will not drink of this again until the kingdom of God comes. He tells them of the bread, I do this in remembrance of me because I'm not going to be with you. Here, he is here giving them and, and giving us this tradition, this Thanksgiving memorial, and already he's saying, I won't be with you. You're going to have to do this 
without me. It sounds a little bit like our Thanksgiving this year. And yet there is so much that we can see here that continues to bring us hope. And as we take it in with a view of everywhere else that Luke has taken us so far, we see in Luke that, well, every table has brought us to this table from the very beginning of the year. I told you that Luke talks about the table more than any other book in the Bible. We use these two words, encounter encounter, and engage, to guide us through every interaction that, Luke, that Jesus has in the Gospel of Luke with, with individuals. He encounters people very often on the road while he's walking. He encounters people while he's traveling. He encounters lepers. He encounters paralyzed people. He encounters a rich man. And very often he engages with them at table. He sits with them, he shares a meal, he shares life. And of all those tables through the Gospel of Luke, they've all led us to this table. Verse 14, when the hour came, he reclined at table and the apostles with him. It was back in chapter 5 where it's Matthew, it's Levi who hosts a dinner for Jesus. He hosts that dinner around a table. It's back in chapter 7 where Simon the Pharisee throws a dinner party for Jesus and it's there at table that a sinful woman anoints his feet. It's in chapter 14 where Jesus is at another Pharisee's house at the table where he tells the parables of the wedding party and of the great banquet, both of which happen around tables. Chapter 15, the prodigal comes home, the father celebrates at table. Chapter 16, the rich man feasts sumptuously while poor Lazarus dies at the gates of his estate. And then we come here to chapter 22, and five times in this short story, five times the table is mentioned. Every table has led us to this table. It ought to cause us to consider who's at our tables. Who do we welcome to sit with us? Now, that may be a hard question in 2020 because we've limited our interactions quite a bit. But when we look at the people that Jesus welcomed around his table, who are we welcoming into our lives? Are we welcoming people into our hearts and into our graces? Are we welcoming them into our gifts and into our generosity? Are the people in our lives, are there people in our lives who know that while they may be rejected by others, they are welcome with us? And the question may be, well, are, are you one of those at table who doesn't quite belong there or hasn't quite belonged there I think about a couple years ago, my wife, Trish, and I were invited to our friends Doug and Judy's house. Doug and Judy are part of our church. Doug and Judy might be watching this morning. Judy, I got to tell you, Judy knows how to set a table. And there we were in the dining room around the table, and the prayer was said, and I dug in. And as I was filling my plate and digging in, I looked up, and Trish had this smile on her face as she looked at me like, oh, you poor lovable idiot you. This was one of those tables where you pass the food 
and you wait until everybody is served. I didn't know that because quite honestly, I was raised by wolves. I really was. My father had this story that he told about a, a dinner at his house growing up as a child and a dinner where they were having chicken. And apparently there was a dispute over who was going to get which piece. I don't know exactly what happened, but somebody got stabbed in the hand with a fork. And so this is not something that I grew up with, but you know, really long ago, we all gave up that idea of passing and waiting and serving others. We've, we've just about all gone to buffet style for our family dinners where the food's in the kitchen, you go fill your plate, you come back and you sit down and you take care of yourself. This notion of waiting as it is passed and hoping that there's going to be enough sweet potatoes for you or that someone's not going to take that piece of chicken that you've been eyeballing the whole time. There was a lot of grace for me that day at Doug and Judy's as I learned the rules. By the way, you pass to the left. You don't pass to the right and you definitely do not pass across the table. There was a lot of grace for me. In so many ways, we've all forgotten the the grace and the blessing of a shared meal, a, a shared table. And while every table has led us to this table, we also see that Luke has shown us that every forgiveness, every act of grace from Jesus, every forgiveness has led us to this table. We heard Jesus' critics over and over again this year, this man welcomes sinners and he eats with them. To welcome someone in that world, to welcome them was to welcome them to your table, to share a meal with them, to share life with them. And if someone was unclean or, or, or sinful or you didn't know about them and their past or their present, the fear was that by sharing a meal with them, you were going to somehow infect yourselves, not with a virus, but you were going to infect yourself with their sin. And yet again and again, it is the unclean, it is the rejected, it is those who, those who often ate alone that Jesus welcomes to share his table. And again and again, Jesus extends not just a welcome, Jesus extends forgiveness. Chapter 5, there's a paralyzed man lowered through the roof of a house where Jesus is staying and the first thing Jesus says to him is, your sins are forgiven. Chapter 7, that sinful woman comes to Simon the Pharisee's house. She anoints Jesus' feet. And in verse 48, Jesus says to her, your sins are forgiven. Chapter 15, he tells the story of the prodigal. The prodigal returns home. He says, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But what does the father do? He says, bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Kill the fatted calf and let us eat and celebrate. For my son was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate at a table. Last week, we looked at the story of Zacchaeus, the wee little man who invites Jesus to his house for dinner. And what does Jesus say? Today, salvation has come to this house, since he also is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. This is Thursday evening now, here in chapter 22. The next day, Jesus will be on the cross, and he will say of those who crucify him, forgive them. They know not what they do. And of the man hanging next to him when he asks Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom, Jesus will say, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. 
Now, you may have noticed as we read through the text earlier in Luke's retelling of the Lord's Supper, it looks a little different than what we're used to. If you look back in verse 17, he took a cup, he says. He took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it amongst yourselves, for I tell you, from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup is, that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. When Luke tells the story of the Last Supper, there is a cup, there is bread, and there is cup. I wonder what our prepackaged communion would look like if we followed Luke's example here. Luke is doing everything he can to remind us that this, this remembrance has deep roots, deep roots for the Jewish people. This is Passover. It is a very old remembrance. It was a holiday when the entire nation celebrated with family at a big family meal. It sounds a little like Thanksgiving, doesn't it? It was to remind the Jewish people that they had been slaves in Egypt, but that God had set them free. And by the blood of the Passover lamb, they, they had been protected from death. They had been given life. Here at the table, every forgiveness that Jesus has extended in this gospel, every forgiveness to the hurt, the broken, the sinful, the lost, and everything that Jesus has shown us about forgiveness. In teaching us to pray, in Luke chapter 11, verse 4, forgive us our sins. He taught us to pray, forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. It, it's finally reached its full culmination here when he says in verse 20, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant of my blood, not the covenant of the Passover lamb and the blood of the lamb, but my blood poured out for you. More than that, poured out for all of you. This is a new covenant, a new relationship, a new family. Every table in Luke has led us to this table. Every act of forgiveness that Jesus has extended has brought us to this table. And what you and I continue to hold dearly is that every hope that we have flows from this table. Jesus says in verse 15, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And then in verse 16, he says, for I tell you that I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. He would have to suffer and then the kingdom would be fulfilled. You and I, as we take this, the cup of our new covenant in his blood. We realize this, the suffering for this kingdom is done. He did that for us. And there may be, may be times when we feel we're unworthy. Any unworthiness that we feel, any question that we might have over whether or not we're good enough or if we're under some punishment because we've displeased God somehow, that is gone and it is replaced with hope as we, with Jesus, look forward to his kingdom. Every hope that we have flows 
from this table. You know, a little over a year ago here at Kansas Christian Church, we did a beautiful thing. One of our elders, Danny Mars, brought in an old door, cleaned it up, and put it on sawhorses. And we used it one Sunday as our communion table. And it was a reminder to us that there used to be a door that was closed to us, a door that kept us out a door that kept us out of God's reach, out of his presence, and out of our hope. But through Jesus, through his sacrifice, he turned that door into a table and he welcomes us all. We meet around, we, we met that Sunday around a door that was now a table open to us. And it was a beautiful thing to watch people as they came to take communion, as they came to the door, as they smiled, as they loved, as they hugged on each other. And we remembered that that door was open to all of us. Luke is, the, Luke is the one gospel, by the way, that clears up a bit of a mystery for us. The mystery is this. Was Judas present at the Last Supper? And if you read Matthew and Mark, they're both, uh, they, they both seem to say that, that Judas has already gone to betray Jesus before this. And John is pretty ambiguous, being John. But Luke puts Judas at the table, taking part, taking the bread, taking the cup, taking the, taking the cup, the bread, and the cup. And hearing Jesus say these words in verses 19 and 20, he took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, this is the cup that is poured out for you. It is the new covenant of my blood. That, that offer was extended to Judas. The offer of forgiveness was there. The offer of hope was there. It wasn't that Jesus withheld it from Judas. Judas rejected it. As we go on to read in verse 21, But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table. For the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to question one another which of them it could be who was going to do this. This is our hope. And if the invitation was extended to Judas, and it was, then nothing that you have done, no depth of your sin, no guilt or shame that you're still carrying with you to this day, none of that can steal your hope. Whatever it is that is telling you that you are unworthy or you are unwelcome or anyone that is telling you that you're not good enough, that is a lie. The invitation to the table is open to you. The door is open. And here you will find your hope. There's no denying it. 2020 has been a difficult year, and it has stolen so much from us. We've had to deal with the pandemic. We've had to deal with a lockdown and a disease that has left many sick and, and worse. And it's left all of us feeling very alone. We've had unrest in our nation. We've seen so much hatred and destruction. And it's been hard on us as been hard on us as we've had to adapt to doing things online, as we've had to adapt to staying at home, sheltering in place. We've missed our friends, and we've missed our family, and we here at Kansas, we have suffered 
losses. We have suffered deep losses. There are people we miss. We haven't been allowed to mourn them like we would like. And yet, while our family plans might have changed for this coming Thursday, 2020 is not going to be a year without Thanksgiving because we will give thanks because of this table, because of what Jesus gave us here, what he gave for all of us. 2020 cannot take our hope. That is secure in Jesus. Let's take a moment and pray. Father, we thank you for the hope that we have in your Son. We thank you for this table that reminds us, Lord, that, that his body was broken, his blood was shed, that it is the blood of the covenant, and Lord, that the suffering is over. And Lord, those times when we are so overwhelmed with our grief and with our loss and even with our guilt and our shame, remind us that Christ took care of all of that. Remind us of the hope that we have in him. We thank you for this cup and we thank you for this loaf that reminds us of the depths of your love. And we thank you that we can share this together today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. God bless and go in peace.